Good evening, Impact City Church. It's, it's so great to, to be able to see you this evening. I'm glad you made time to be here. I'm going to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments. Thank you, worship team. Regardless of the, the kind of day that we had, it is always good to be here. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. There's just something about coming together. I'm glad once again that you made time to be here together on first Wednesday. If you'll just give me a few minutes of your time, I'm going to share what God has placed in my heart for this moment. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 5. It's going to be verses 1 through 10. If you have your Bibles, you can follow me there. Second Samuel 5, verses 1 through 10. It says, All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people, Israel. And you will become the ruler when all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron. The king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king. And he reigned 40 years in Hebron. And he reigned over Judah seven years, six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. Verse 6, the king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who live there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. Isn't it incredible what some people can speak into our lives? They thought, David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion which is the city of David. On that day, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. This is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called in the city, called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terraces inward, and he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Father, once again, thank you for the privilege to be here today. Bless your word. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. We know that David has been anointed king of Israel. Even if you haven't been to church a very long time, you'll remember the story of when the prophet Samuel came to Jesse's house and looked and, and sought all of David's brothers and then finally landed on uh, David. It, it was God who indicated to the prophet Samuel, this is going to be the anointed king, the next king. And yet with the anointing resting on him, so David's just a boy when this takes place, with the anointing of God over his life, God sends him back to take care of the sheep. 
uh, even though he is prepared, he's excited, he's emotional, he's ready for this next chapter, he's ready for what comes next. He knows that God is going to do great things. God says, pause, go back, and take care of the sheep. It, and it's awesome to note that this is important for you and I because God at times will deposit in us an anointing that surpasses the condition that we are currently living in. Yes, God will deposit an anointing that is greater than the circumstance that you're facing right now, that is greater than the situation that is before you in this moment. It is greater than the condition that you are. And many of us in this place today have a promise of God over our lives that God will fulfill, that God will do because he is faithful. Although we have strayed and even though we may get off track from time to time, there is a destiny that God has for us. The Bible says that he has predestined us. God has a destiny for us. So, so let's, let's make this tangible. So, so that hope that you have, that hope that you have, that dream that God has given you, what you have been waiting for. You, you know, those times that you tell yourself, maybe God does have something better for me on the other side. Maybe God does have something greater for me. Maybe, maybe all the obstacles that I've had to go through to, just to get to this moment is just to test my character and my patience. And, and maybe God is about to do something great in my life. It is awesome to live in anticipation to know that our God can do anything. God can do anything. Yes, it is, it's important for us to live that life. The Bible tells us that God called David and no doubt, no doubt that he had problems to face, no doubt that he had obstacles to go through, no doubt that he had all these sorts of challenges that, that came his way, but God called him, even though he had to run for his life, even though he had to hide in caves, sooner or later, the, God, the word that God had spoken over his life was going to come to pass. Sooner or later, it was going to happen. Why? Because God said it. Because God said it. What has God said over your life this evening? What has God said over your life that you are waiting for? You are waiting for and you're believing for it. Sooner or later... What God said will happen. What God said will happen. Paul put it this way, that God's gifts are without repentance. They're irrevocable. That means God doesn't change his mind the way people change their mind, the, the way employers change their mind, the way friends change their mind. God does not change his mind. If God said it, it doesn't matter who throws weapons at you. It doesn't matter if you're sleeping in caves. It doesn't matter who tries to kill you. It doesn't matter what you're running from in this moment. If God said it, his word word never returns void. His word never returns void, yet it always, it always fulfills the purpose and the destiny that it has been sent out to do. You might get discouraged, you might feel down and out, but the word of God has not given up on you. Amen. The word of God has not given up on your life. And it's important to keep that in mind. It's important to keep that in mind. David is entering into a position that he has been waiting for for some time. David is entering into a position that God had called him, anointed him for years before. And here comes the fulfillment of God's word. 
And there's, it, this is important for us to understand because there are things that have got, if God had given us before, we would not have survived. It, 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 there's some times that God has to wait Wait to, to, to make sure that we're ready to be able to be recipients, to be able to receive what he has for us. If God would have led David into the kingdom as a teenager, he, he probably would have lost his mind. God prepared him, waited and said, I'm going to do it, but just give me some time, David. There's some things that I need to work out in you. I'm glad that he's still working out some things in my life. I'm glad that he doesn't give up on me. I'm glad that even though he said it and I'm still waiting and I'm still hoping, I'm glad that he's faithful. And, and there may be, and sooner or later, before you even know it, you're going to walk into what God said. And when you walk in, you're going to know that it was him that did it the way he did it and when he did it. But, but there are times that I just have to wait. And, I, and, and I, let's just be honest, I, I hate waiting. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I just got to, I just got to stay still. I just got to have to stand still and watch the Lord work for me. David spends his time waiting and waiting and waiting and through the experiences that he faces, it molds him into who he is in this particular moment. And maybe for you and I, the experiences that we have faced and that we have survived have molded us into who we are today and we are becoming who God truly wants us to be because the, the, the truth of the matter is that we can learn from the difficult moments and we can learn from the heartache and we can learn from the pain and, and for what we have had to endure, now, now we are in a place where, where God can truly perform what he has spoken over our lives and this is David's situation. This is David's situation. David is now 40 years old. And he is in a crucial moment. He is at a, a crossroads in his life. He is at a crucial point in his life. He's been anointed by the men of Judah and Hebron. And because at that time Israel was divided into two different nations. But David comes as the next king. And he has the ministry of reconciliation over him. Which means he is able to join together. And be able to bring those from the south together from the north. And, and say we're going to become one. He has this, this ability to be able to be in a difficult situation where there has been conflict before and be able to, to join together. Join together. So he's been anointed on two different occasions. And what we see that Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 2 when he speaks that, that Christ reconciled the Jews. And he, he, he took the Gentiles in like manner. That is what David is doing in this moment. He is reconciling the tribes that have been divided, that have been fighting. And he brings them under one leadership, under one anointing. And God does great things in David's life because he has this ability and this skill and then to be able to be sensitive to God, to be able to bring people together. Some of us in this place today find ourselves from time to time in, in conflict. And maybe could it be that God places us there because there's a, a ministry of reconciliation and a gift of reconciliation in you to be able to bring together family that has been fighting or friends that have been fighting and God places you in a difficult situation to be able able to join and be able to bring together to unite what is divided and here that's what David is doing he has the first anointing 
and he has a second anointing. And he's about to receive the third to enter into the fullness of what God has predestined and prepared for his life. 33 years over Israel. Seven years over Judah. 40 years together David reigned. And it took him three anointings to be able to achieve this. Why is this important? Because he also said in the book of Psalms, he said, I will be anointed with fresh oil. He, he was talking about being anointed with fresh oil because oil with time becomes old and it becomes rancid. And, and we need a fresh experience with God. We need a fresh experience with God. There, there has to be something inside of us that seeks him day and night, that seeks him in every circumstance, in every situation. There has to be something inside of us that comes to him first and not as, as a spare tire. There has to be something inside me that seeks him first, not just when things are going bad, but, but to give him glory when things are going good and to recognize that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him. That if I have anything, it's because of him. And if that I'm struggling, I, I need him and it's anywhere in between. He is the one that works it out for us. I need him in every moment. I need him in every circumstance. And David is here. He's here getting the third anointing. He's reconciling and before he enters into all that God has called him to, there's one last obstacle. Isn't that incredible how you can survive that? And then go into this. And right when you think the coast is clear, one more thing happens. One more thing happens. So David is reconciling. And he has this last obstacle. One more barrier to face. One more challenge to overcome. But if you've survived until now, if this describes you in this moment, if, you've, if you have survived to this moment, it's too late to throw in the towel. You're too close to, to receiving what God has for you. Why would you quit now? Why would you give up now? David didn't have many resources. The Bible tells us that he just had a few men. He just had a few men with him. And he looked at the challenge that was ahead of him. But he was not discouraged. But, but he was able to use what he had to be able to obtain the victory. Can you use what you have? You, you have to look at yourself and just see what you have. Samson just had the jawbone of a donkey, but he was able to kill a thousand men with that because he took what he had and he said, I'm going to use what I have to be able to get the victory. I, I may just have a little bit of faith and I may just have a small prayer life and I may just have a little praise, but whatever I have, I'm going to use it to be able to obtain and to be able to reach and to be able to embrace the promise that God has for me. Amen. I'm going to use what I have to embrace the promise that God has for me. All David had when he looked at this nine-foot giant Goliath was a few stones and a sling. But he said, I'm going to use what I have. And I believe that God is going to fight my battle. And I believe that God is the one that does the work. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to stress out about it. I just have to praise him. I just have to believe in him. I just have to trust in him. I just have to know that those that trust 
in the Lord are like the city of Jerusalem, that that they, they don't move, but they remain forever, that just as Jerusalem has mountains around them that protects it, so is God around his people. I have to know, I have to be still and know that he is God. And he didn't bring me to this moment to fail. And he didn't bring me to this moment to be defeated. But no, the God that I serve, I, I thank him because thanks be to God that always causes us to triumph. He always does. He always does. It may not always look the way I want it to look, and it may not always look the way you were hoping it looks, but there is always victory in Jesus. Good God. David used what he had, and he won with it. So he looks at what's in front of him. So the land that the Jebusites were possessing was preventing him from completely taking over the territory that was to be called the city of David. Imagine looking at it and saying, that's what God has for me. But, but the challenge is just too great for me to be able to take it. The Jebusites were in that land and they were controlling the territory. They were possessing the land and it was difficult, not impossible. It was difficult to do. So this is what stood in between David and his God-given destiny. What stands in between you and what God has called you to be? What stands in between you and what God is wanting to do in your life? For David, it was this city and it was this fortress. It was, if you allow me to use the term, it was a stronghold that stood in the way of David where he was at and being able to obtain what truly was his. What stands in between you? What stands in between you? It was this place that was somewhat positional, yes. It, was, it sat on top of a mountain, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if David did not conquer this fortress, and he simply settled and made his tent on this side of this stronghold, he would always have the enemy looking down on him. He would always have the people in this fortress always looking down on him if he would have settled for three-fourths of what God had for him. Can I challenge you today to not settle for three-fourths of what God has for you? Can I challenge you and encourage you with this, with this passage that God has more for you and that you shouldn't just get to the side and say, this is good enough for me. I'll, I'll, I'll take just, just this. This is good for me. There is a scripture in the Old Testament that lets us know of the 12 tribes that are, that are about to cross in to, to the promised land. And two and a half, Reuben, Gad, and half a tribe of Manassas, before they stepped into the fullness of, of what God had for them, they looked and they said, you know what, this land right here is good enough for my cattle. It's good enough for my family. And they settled 
They compromised and said, this is good enough for me. Instead of really saying, you know what, I'll work just a little bit harder. And I'll be disciplined just a little bit longer. And I'll try just a little with a little bit more effort. And I will take a hold of everything that God has for me. They settled on this land because they said it was good enough. I can, can I tell you today that there are some Christians that can say, this is good enough for me. I don't want all of it if it's going to require more of me. But Impact City Church, let us be a generation and let us be a church that says, I want all that he has for me. I want all that he has for me. I want all. I want God to give you all that he has for you. But they said this is good enough. And David had to ask himself this question and said, if I stay here on this side, I'll always have somebody looking down on me. I'll always have someone looking over me where I can make my mind up to take what God has called me to take. And even though David has control of the valley, even though he is set up, and even though he has people at his command, things are going good. It is not all that God has for him. So he makes up his mind. He makes up his mind. He was not in complete control until that stronghold in his life came down. Until this fortress in his life came down. It is incredible to see the power that strongholds can have in our lives. It is incredible to, to see that what a bad habit can produce in my life and in your life. It is incredible to know what a lack of commitment and lack of discipline can commit can happen in my life it is incredible to see what a stronghold can hold us back from accomplishing what God has for us that while we may be able to feel like we're moving but we, we feel like we're not advancing and to know that I that I've been stagnant and I'm staying still in the same place he was not in complete control and the truth is that strongholds can ruin every aspect of our lives. It can be a habit. It can be an attitude. It can be a mindset. It can be a perspective. It can look different for you than it does for him. It can look different, but it is a stronghold in our lives. And until we take, until we confront it, until we say, this is enough, it will always be there looking down on us and saying, you'll never be able to accomplish your potential in God because of this one thing in your life. But, but I want to challenge you today with the word that there is no stronghold that is too great to come down. It is that one stronghold in your life that you may not even share with anyone. It is something that is deep down on the inside. It could be a thought. It could be an imagination. It could be something that is just, just there. And it's, a, it's this stigma that just takes control of your life. And it doesn't let you progress in your spiritual walk with God. We've all been there. It is that one thing that is holding us back from stepping into our destiny that while there's movement, there is no progression. There's no moving forward. And we wonder why we're stuck in the same place. And we look back 10 years and we say, man, I'm still where I was. I, I don't have a deeper relationship with God. I'm not doing more for the kingdom of God. What is that stronghold in your life? And I urge you today to break whatever 
it is and tell you it's not worth it uh, holding you back and, and tripping you up and being a barrier and standing in the way of you truly experiencing God the way he wants you and I to experience him. We have to get rid of every stronghold that stands, every fortress, every, everything that stands in the way of us and our destiny in God. Where is this stronghold? The Bible tells us it's, it's in our mind because 2 Corinthians tells us that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That means when that thought comes up, I have to bring it to submission and bring it into the obedience of Christ. And here is David. David, your kingdom is truly waiting for you, but are you going to let this stand in your way. Impact City, your promise awaits you. Your hope awaits you. Your restored relationship awaits you. Your healing awaits you. What you have been hoping for awaits you. But are you going to let the stronghold stand in your way? David makes up his mind. And I come to a close with the worship team if you'll join me. And when David makes up his mind, the Bible tells us that it was impossible for him to just come up and attack. You understand the position, the positional aspect of it. Looking down from a fortress, you can see everything coming from miles and miles away. There was no way David could attack subtly or secretly. So, the, so we understand that David entered underground and he took a secret passage and he took a secret way. So here is everyone waiting for him to face this fortress. But David said, I'm willing to do something radical. I'm willing to do something extraordinary. I'm, I'm willing to do something that not everybody is willing to do to be able to embrace it, to be able to take a hold of it. He got down. He got down. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he shall, he will, lift you up. So he goes underground. He goes underground through the dirt, through the filth, through the mud, through everything that this unpleasant situation because he was determined to not let anything get in the way of him and what he was called to do. How determined are you today? How determined are you today? Are you willing to do anything to conquer that one thing in your life that stands in between you and your promise? Are you willing today to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus and say, you know what? What I'm dealing with, it's what I've been entertaining. It's really not worth it. I'm going to bring this stronghold down. 
and I want to step into my God-given destiny. And the, the incredible thing of this story is that this is how it ends. This is how it ends. The Bible says about David, and he became more and more powerful. More and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. That is how his story ended because he was determined to not let anything bring him down. And the great thing is that that is how our story can end. That is how our story can end in God to embrace and to take a hold of whatever stands in your way. So right now I wanna pray for you, bow your head for just a few moments. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word that encourages us, that challenges us, that brings to light issues and situations that are deep down on the inside. I thank you for your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, that pierces and that it cuts. I thank you for hope in you. I thank you for the hope that we have through your word and that we are enabled to accomplish through your power and through your might. Right now, God, we, we put every stronghold. We pull it down. We confront the giant that has been taunting us, the habit that has been taunting us, the choices that we've made right now, God, we make a decision. We make a decision to embrace, to take a hold of what you have for us. Right now, I thank you. I thank you for everyone that is determined in their heart and in their mind to make the changes that we need to make on the inside to be able to be who you have called us to be. I come against every obstacle, every barrier, every challenge, every problem, every trial right now, God, that would want to discourage and that would want to bring disheartening, a disheartment to your people right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the hope that we have in your word. I thank you that no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. I thank you for your faithfulness that is greater than my shortcomings. I thank you for your grace that, is, that holds me together when I can't hold myself together. I thank you for your favor that makes way when no one else can work. I thank you for being the all-sufficient God, the God that is more than enough. Right now, and I thank you for victory in advance. I thank you for your blessing in advance. I thank you for greatness in advance. I thank you for you opening doors in advance. I thank you for you making a way in advance. I thank you right now for the great things that you are going to do in the lives 
of every believer in this place today. I thank you right now. You're so faithful that I can praise you right now for what you're going to do in weeks and months and in years. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to enter a moment of worship for just a few moments. For just a few moments, if you want to come to this altar and say, God, I, I make my mind up today. I want to invite you to do so. I want to invite you to do so. We thank you for who you are in this place. In Jesus' name.